0: When you see God talk for 10 years about something and you have no clue what He's talking about and then you just start walking by faith, being obedient to what He's called you to do and then you see uh, a baby that's now your son uh, that you get to raise and you get to love and you get to to lead in the ways of the Lord, Uh, how would you want to live for anything else? Why would you desire to chase after anything besides the ways of Jesus? I mean, man, we're blessed.
1: Three years ago, Jared Case and his family launched a ministry called Quiver Ranch, whose mission is to protect and prepare potentially aborted children until God launches them into the world. In today's conversation, Jared describes how over several years... God called and prepared him and his family to do a work he could never have anticipated. Welcome to a stronger faith, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to the presence and movement of God in the lives of everyday people. I'm your host, Stacy McCanson. We ask that you join us in praying that God uses these conversations to draw people closer to Him. Just last week, we marked the two-year anniversary of the release of our first episodes. I have to say, what we've experienced over these past two years takes our breath away. What we thought might be a temporary project has turned into a full-time mission. As we're now working on our 60th episode with many others in the queue, We're heard in all 50 states and in 60 countries on every continent on the planet. We are in awe of the power of God as He works to draw people to Himself through the experiences of the people who are willing to share their stories to build the Kingdom of God. If you feel that God may be calling you to do the same or you believe He's placing someone on your heart that should share their experience for the same reasons, the process is really easy. Just visit our website at AStrongerFaith.com and click the button on the homepage that says Recommend a Guest. Tell us a bit about the experience and we'll follow up from there. That's all there is to it. Then join us in prayer as we ask God to continue to speak through these conversations. Also, if you think you might be interested in joining us in this work of finding, shaping, and delivering these experiences and conversations to expand the kingdom of God, Please reach out to us with the same button on our home page or email us at connectatastrongerfaith.com. You may have a gift or a skill that God has given you for just such a work, and we'd love to talk to you. Today's conversation is a most anticipated continuation of our conversation with Jared Case as he describes the powerful way that God called him and his family to build a ministry focused on protecting and preparing Potentially aborted children until God launches them into the world. Once again, Jared Case. No, uh, that's good. So Quiver Ranch. I mean, I, I want to shift gears a little bit. Okay, Quiver Ranch. What exactly is it?
0: It's a ministry aimed at helping with providing help to the abortion crisis in Tuscaloosa County. Okay, I was at a church. And 10 years ago, God called us to this city, called us to Tuscaloosa in, in a ministry of the church. And right uh, around that time, God put a, a word on my heart, and the word was children. At that time, we had two children already, and so I just started praying. God, what are you talking about, children? What are you talking about, children? And it went on, and it continued but there was nothing more than just children. I couldn't see or understand any, anything more than children. Maybe he was speaking. Maybe I just wouldn't hear. And I don't know. But there was nothing more
1: than children. This word was just impressed ch- ch- on your yes, heart repeatedly. Yes. And,
0: and, and, and constantly stuff would come up and it would be like children. And I'm like, man, what? It's like you not thinking about it at all. Riding down the road something. And then all children, children would come up. And like, man, what is the deal, God? I mean, hmm. you're talking about... And so I started praying and then I started, you know, God, what, what's the deal? I I was driving the bus home after a few years, uh, driving a busload of students home from Six Flags, long day at Six Flags. I'm driving the bus home and I just I apologized to God. I said, God, I missed it. I You said children and I missed it. I don't know how, but I'm sorry I missed it. And I'm not joking. I was in McCullough and I was driving the bus left hand lane and I look up and over on the left side, there was a billboard that said helping children. It was some type of recruitment for something, you know, and and I was like, holy smokes. All right. It was almost like, guys, you're not missed it. Just keep praying. And so, look. We just kept praying. And then I'm like, well, is he, is he wanting us to start like a home? Is he wanting us to adopt? Is he like, what are, God, what are you doing? And so we researched different things just randomly to be prepared to whatever he may be calling us to. We weren't like asking other people to tell us what God's saying, but yeah. we, we were just looking around at some things. We toured some facilities and looked at some stuff. And, but we're just praying and waiting, praying and waiting. And then about three years ago, maybe f- four years ago, He brought our attention to the abortion crisis in Tuscaloosa. 3,500 babies are killed every single year in Tuscaloosa. Mm. We're the abortion capital of the state. We do more abortions in Tuscaloosa than anywhere in Alabama and anywhere in Mississippi. And our hearts were broken. If they were to drop a bomb on one of these small towns not too far from here, a Gordo or a Fayette Fayette's a, a, a 4A school. Usually that means there's around 3,500 people, something like that, around mm-hmm. in that community. Who, who would know about it if a bomb dropped and the, everybody in that community was killed? The world. Yeah. CNN would be here. Fox. I mean, the whole world would know about it. And now who knows about 3,500 babies being killed in Tuscaloosa? Nobody. We first found that out, we would start talking to people. And since then, I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of people. And still today, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows that in our backyard, I mean, from this location right here, it's a matter of miles.
1: Drop drop out every day.
0: 3,500 babies are killed every single year. I mean, business owners, I've talked to 70, 80-year-old men who own businesses, been here all their lives, shocked because they had no clue about it. Now, that don't surprise me because you look at the strategy of Satan and his strategy is to keep everything in the dark, right? It's almost like mold. If you can keep in the dark, it continues to grow. Yeah. But when you start putting light on it, all of a sudden things change. And so, man, you got God's heart. Here's what we saw. We had God's heart. God loves children. He created them in the womb. And, you you know, you look at Jesus, let the children come to me. You know, God's heart is the love for for people and love for children. You see this major crisis, and now he's breaking our heart for that. Mm -hmm. And so— we're like, okay, God, what do you want us to do? Our hearts are broken. Tell us what to do. We'll do anything. And after after seven or eight years of praying, you're almost starting to go, all right, God, whatever, we're we're all in because you, you've been speaking for a while now. So whatever you're bringing, we're ready. You know, we're gonna do it. Or so so we thought. You know, <laughs> you're like, what? what? But at, when 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 you know God's been telling you something for that long, you're ready to see it. And then he shows you that and your heart's broken and you're like, okay, God, tell us what to do. And over a a time period, he let us know, he said, you're going to start a ministry and you're going to offer these women options. Because what we were told over and over and over again is so many women, they're not bad women. They just don't feel like they have options. And so we said, okay, God. And, uh, I was discipling a local business owner and, um, he, he's more of a, uh, I I don't want to. I don't know if visionary type is is the thing, but his, his, my strategies and his strategies are kind of polar opposites. I'm praying, praying, praying until I know it's the Lord. And then I'm running. He's running. And then, like, sometimes it's the Lord, sometimes it's not. But a lot of times those personalities, you know, make a huge splash. Mm -hmm. Uh, My my way is, God, I, I think I hear you. And I think I hear you pretty clearly, but I need you. To, I need you to tell me one more it's time. Like you that, know, uh,
1: put the do on the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The police, the police, yeah. right? Like God, I,
0: I like God, I, you know, I'll run, I'll run, I'll run. But I need, I need clarity. And yeah. so uh, we, were, I was talking to him one day, and he said something, and God said, Jared, I'm talking to you right now through him. It's time to go. And so uh, I said, okay. Um, now I'm not any means, forms, or fashion bragging on myself. I have an undergrad in criminal justice. I have a, a MDiv um which is a like a basically a, a general 90 hours master's in theology in theological church type stuff. And then I have a second the uh master's in theology and then I have a PhD in Christian education, which is like an umbrella of church like leadership and you know, philosophy all, all kind of stuff. Right. So I'm educated and I've been in ministry for you know, 20 years experienced, but starting a ministry and doing this, I had no clue what I was doing. No clue. And so therefore I had to rely not on my experiences or not. on. I had to rely on the Holy spirit. Like God, what do you want us to do? Show us what to do next. God help us to understand how to do this. So very awesome experience because It felt so slow, but as I look back now, it it feels like it was a lot faster. But just what praying and waiting, God, what He wants to do. My process in the past of being, all right, God, show me what to do, and He starts to talk, and I'm like, all right, I got you. See ya, I got it. Take off running, (laughs) and then and then finish. And God goes, that was pretty good, man. Yeah, you did good. But if you'd waited, I would have done this. I'd have brought in this many people. I would have brought in this many resources and it wouldn't have been good. It'd have been awesome. Yeah. And so I, I with this whole scenario, I wanted to wait and I wanted to get it right. And so God said go. And so we locked down a we locked down the ministry name. We, you know, we had to go through all it takes to form of the ministry, the five oh one three, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Um and then we felt like God had told us we knew that God had told us you're gonna buy a piece of property and you're gonna build a house and part of your ministry is you're gonna adopt children into your family, not a child place an agency, but you are going to offer adoption because some of these women, you know, we got that from a lot of the voices we were hearing of people who are trying to help and people in the, in the middle of the, the, the war there. And uh, there's no help. There's no options. And so God told us, you're going to buy a piece of property and you're going to, you're going to build a home. You're going to offer adoption into your family. And uh, at this point there was nothing off the table because it, for nine, eight or seven or eight years he'd been telling us children 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 and so we're like god okay at this point we already had three children so we started praying all right god show us what to do next i don't know if you know this or not but i mean there's uh, some babies are ab- abandoned at the hospital mm. and uh they they go uh, if they can't figure out who they belong to they go immediately into the care of the state so you know you're not gonna to be able to help out in those situations unless you're equipped and trained, resourced through the state. And so one of the steps we did is we got trained and like uh through the state, like the fostering and the adoption type stuff. And so we're doing everything we can to try to be ready for whatever God wants to do to use us. So let me get to where we're at. We knew God had called us that we were going to buy a piece of property. Okay. I did not shop. I did not look. I did not call a realtor. My wife, she's really excited about the opportunity, and she's really excited. Hey, where's guy going to – so she's looking around, and I'm like, maybe I'm not looking. I, I'm an outdoors guy. I love outdoors, and I didn't want it to be anything about – my desires. Yeah. You know, I didn't want it to be like, Hey, I found, Oh yeah, yes we did. We found a place. Yes. (laughs) Got this and got, Oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So I did not look, I did not shop. I said, God has been pretty clear through this whole process. I'm just going to pray and wait on him. And so here's where the, this piece of property wouldn't go away. It like, Someone, you know, a few people know what we're doing, and someone walks up and tells us about it. And then my wife, it runs across her her desk. And then, like, I mean, it, several things that just kept popping up. And here's where the you'd ask earlier, have seen God answer prayers in a way that's just kind of blew your mind a little bit? This piece of property was way too far. It's 30 minutes outside of town, it's way too big, and it's way too expensive. Okay. We owed. Nothing except for our house, and we have been paying on it for eight years in a neighborhood where houses are selling very easy. Yeah, you know, um, we didn't owe anything, and here we are now. <laughs> this piece of property we're looking at is a lot of money, yeah. And I'm like, you know what, uh, I don't think that's it, you know, just humanly speaking, but it wouldn't go away. So I said, you know what, we're going out there to pray. So I loaded up the family minivan on a Saturday, and we hit the property. And uh, my middle daughter says, well, why don't we pray? I said, awesome. Pray it up for us. So she prayed. And uh, God, just give us clarity. If this is, you know, my prayer was, God, if this is it, help us to know. If this is not it, then release us from this and, you know, we'll know. But help, give us something today. And as soon as she said amen, a song came on the radio talking about God's will. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. And my wife. Huh? That's that's the that's the that's the song I've been hearing for like a year since we've been praying about this land. And I said, Baby, we're not doing that sign thing. I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna look over we're in the field gonna... and see like a, a bush that looks like a baby's leg and be like, Oh, this is it. You know, I baby we're not I'm not I'm not doing the clouds pointing down. The 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 also the 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 interesting thing was God had already given us the name for the ministry. And so I'll get to that in a minute. But um, after my wife said that, I was like, we're not doing the sign thing. So we start driving down the road. It's a dirt road. And uh, I look over in the corner of my eye and I see something and I back up and I look down. And there is one piece of trash. The grass is two or three inches high on the edge of the road. There's not trash everywhere. There's one piece of trash. And it's a Cheerio box face down. Face down. And what was looking back at me was a baby crawling on the back of that Cheerio box. Hmm. One piece of trash on the whole road, and it's a Cheerio box. And on the back of a Cheerio box, I've never seen it before since, is a baby crawling on the back of this box. And I was like, man, uh, okay, all right. We're not doing this sign thing. We're not doing this sign thing. <laughs> so it's not too far from a small town. So we drive to the small town. I tell the kids we'll get some ice cream, and so we go and uh, we get ice cream. There's not. There's only uh, between the, the the place we were at and the small town. There's only like in that town. There's only like one or two traffic lights. When well, we get ice cream, coming back out of town, we get stopped at one of the two traffic lights, and I look at my wife, and behind her is a sign for a pregnancy crisis center in that small community, which. Small communities, you don't have crisis mm-hmm. centers. I like, okay, we're not doing that sign thing. We're not doing that sign thing. So um, I said, hey, well, look, we're, we're going to run back by the property uh, on the way to our house. So we ran back to the property as soon as we hit the gravel road. Another song comes on the radio. It's a theme song from the movie Unplanned. Unplanned was a, a movie about abortion. And the song talks about that there is no unplanned baby that God basically... Forms all babies and there's nothing unplanned. So as soon as we hit that road, that song comes on the radio. We're not doing that sign thing, baby. We're not doing that sign thing. Um, all right, God, I, 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 you're, you're working At some you're, point. You're, yeah, I know. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it was really big. It was really expensive, really far. I said, look, God, I need you to speak to your word. I need you to speak to your word. So there's no clarity here. There's not. just speak to your word. And, uh, We had a child get sick. My wife had started reading with a group of people. She had started a reading plan in September. This is uh, early June, late May, early June. And uh, her reading for the next day was in Ecclesiastes. And it said, if you wait for everything to be perfect, you'll never get anything done. For understanding the ways of God are hard to understand, like understanding the wind blowing or a baby formed in a mother's womb. And uh, okay, God, this is it. We're all in. This is it. And so um, we bought the piece of property and went from owing nothing to owing a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then um, we knew part of that was building a house. And so uh, we built a we built a house, a big house where, where we can adopt plenty of children. God had already told us the name. Uh, Psalms 127 uh, says that uh, children are a heritage from the Lord. And then it says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Okay, you've you've heard that. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about a quiver, it protects arrows, but not only does it protect arrows, it keeps them where the archer knows where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. So quiver wrench exists to protect children and prepare them until God is ready to launch them out. That's awesome. And so he had already given us the name, which is kind of crazy because once he started revealing things and then he like dropped the name and we're like, man, thank you, Jesus, that we get to be a part of this. And then um, from there, we once we lock everything down we get aboard and guy just starts using us in random situations he starts using us and so quiver ranch exists to protect and prepare children and the way we do that is three ways um number one is awareness again nobody knows about the abortion crisis in Tuscaloosa yes things have things have changed with the law so that it is completely different now yeah. but um no one knows about resources to help either so no one no no one knows about the darkness of the situation, and no one knows about resources. There's a lot of resources around here to help, but no one is going into uh, the female dorm over on university and screaming about the resources like they are about the abortion. Yeah, I mean, I've had students say you should have walked through the lobby, literally at a table screaming about go do whatever you want to do and have an abortion. It's, it's your choice, your bot. I mean, screaming across the, the, the lobby of the dorm. And you, you just don't, you don't know you there's, that's not happening about the resources. So we make people aware of the issue and the resources and then childcare. Um, we offer all kind of help with mothers who choose to have the baby and resources for her and, and, uh, and the baby and childcare. So awareness, childcare, um, adoption, we offer adoption. We have been told by multiple people that a lot of the women who go through hard times growing up, they don't want to put their child in a group home. They don't want to put them out there to where they're adopted. And, and so what we offer is we adopt them into our family. All right. And so you got awareness, child care, and then equipping. God has allowed us to, to, to really build some strong relationships with all kinds of different resources and stuff. And so we equip women wherever they're at with different Different resources, whatever we can do to help them. So let me continue on with the, maybe another aspect. One of the things that uh, people kept coming and saying to us is, "Is this a mother's home?" So like a, a a woman gets pregnant and she comes and lives in the home with you, like no, that's not what God called us to do. But you would hear a lot of people in the in the circles in the industry they would say, "Well, that's what we need. We need a mother's home." And I'm gonna be honest with you, in my mind and in my heart, I thought, I'm glad He's not called us to that. That just seems really messy. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Sarah decided to leave because of bad situation or she was kicked out and now she's at a a home and now, you know, Bobby's coming to get Sarah and Mm -hmm. says it's time to come home. And, you know, I I just see it. Oh, you know, messy. God, I'm glad you've not called us to that. Well, well, that's what we need. You know, we really need, he's not called us to that. We're only going to do what he's called us to do. Right. But so many women, are given the choice either have an abortion or get out from a father or a fiance or a husband. And when they, when they're told to get out, that means they lose everything. You know, we got a a high population of consciousness over here. Hey, go have an abortion or school's done. I'm not paying for any of this. I'm not paying for that. You're going to have a place to live. And so several people kept talking to us and I'm just like, man, on the inside, I'm going, praise God that I just, man, don't know what we're doing here, yeah. but really wouldn't know what to do there. Yeah. We are about to move into our house and God is using the ministry in some pretty cool ways, doing some different things, helping women, helping couples go from going to have an abortion to not. I mean, and building relationships, guys doing some cool stuff. And I'm finishing up some stuff, getting ready to to move into the house. And uh we have an old house on our on my property, um, run down, you know, grown up. And I I don't know where it came from, but I'm looking at that house and out of my mouth came, is that the mother's home? Where did that come from? Like, mm. I have no desire to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't think God's calling us to, I mean, I know God's not calling us to it at this point, but out of, out of my mouth said, is that the mother's home? And I was driving home that day and I was riding down one of the side roads where the house is and I passed the house and God said, there's your mother's home. And again, I'm the opposite of the visionary dreamer that's going to... And so I, I started again. I started the prayers. God, like it... I, I, no, <laughs> you're going to have to be clear. And um, like the buying of the property, there was about a week of just God just showing up and showing off. One of my deals was uh, finances. Like, God, we've gone from not owning anything to owning a lot now on this house and this property financially guy what 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 are we going to do financially 20 minutes later I load a kid in my truck <clears throat> I load one of our ch- children in our truck and I pull up leaving the neighborhood hit a stop sign and my neighbor comes running to me he's flagging me down we talk I mean we're we're, we're friends but we don't talk every day you know mm-hmm. he flags me down I roll down the window and he reaches his hand in my truck and I put my hand out and he drops some money I said whoa whoa what is this he said man <laughs> your brakes are squeaking. Go get your brakes fixed and he handed me two hundred dollars and i was, first of all, I was embarrassed because i'm like. Golly. I mean they're so loud, I'm waking the neighbors up, you know.
1: <laughs> they're running out here but with money to fix yes, my brakes. <laughs> yes. And I was
0: like, Oh my goodness, it's so embarrassing. I was like, Man, I don't need money. I can fix my I'm so sorry. You know, he's like, No, God told me to give you this money to fix your brakes. And he told me about a month ago, but I figured it was just so awkward and I I hadn't seen you, so today's a day, man. Go fix your brakes. And I rolled up my window and I pulled away from my stop sign and God said, I just got a random person to pay for your brakes. I can do whatever I want to do financially. You just follow me. And I just prayed the prayer 20 minutes ago. I, I almost like a fleece prayer. God, are you going to show me how you're? we're going to do this financially? Because I, I don't know how we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and then
1: a lot of people pray on that.
0: Yeah. But I think our faith is activated when we start walking out the steps mm. in which he has called us to do. So many times we wait until the details line up and then we start walking. For instance, what would happen if Moses would have waited? Now, he did argue with God. You know, what about this? What about that? But Mm -hmm. God said, get my people and go this way. Well, if you look at the direction he took God's people, if he would have sat down and looked at it and thought about it and all that, he went right into what? He went right into water.
1: Yeah, the Red Sea.
0: But it wasn't until he started walking and doing what God called him to do that God showed him, hey, I'm going to show off. I'm going to do what only I can do. And so there were several things like that. And for for the next week, there were several things like that where God said, "Just do what I've called you to do." And so we part of our resources now is we own a mother's home um, where it's a not a shelter, it's a program. Was it on the property already? No,
1: this is a different
0: this is a di- another little piece of property. so there, there was another step in you know buying this other little piece of property and buy another house and yeah, so God was <laughs> he was clear. And like I said, there, were, there was another week of, of uh, I mean, my wife, that same week, uh, my daughter's like, hey, let's she's wanting to go decorate for Christmas. And uh, my wife's like, man, I'd rather just, like, relax. My wife is an is a educator and uh, works, and we got kids, and she said, I just want to take a little nap. And my old daughter's like, come on, let's decorate for Christmas. And so they go outside, and a random man pulls up and says, are y'all Quiver Ranch? and my wife said well yeah kind of he said i've been looking all over for you he's like i saw your flyer and god told me i had to be a part of this he somehow he had looked up our address and found our house and then my wife starts telling him about the ministry and the resources and telling us and here's a here's a strange man in our front yard just bawling he's like god's been calling me this for years and now i know what god has been calling me to wow and so it was like a week full of stuff like that. Yeah, where we said, "Okay, God, we're all in. Just be clear. Yeah, what you want us to do." And so um, seems like he is. Yeah, yeah I'm a little slow, <laughs> right? But but when for me, like once I know what God wants me to do, and I'm clear on that, then I'm I'm running. Yeah. You know, I don't have to know. How, I don't have to do details. I don't have to have everything lined up. I don't have to have everything worked out. But like, I need to know that it's the voice of the Lord. I need to know this is what God is saying. And then I go and then how it kind of lines up or ends up like that's not up to me. That's up to him. I'm going to make my failures and I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. Um, but God's going to work through those and I'm going to try my best to be obedient to him. And when I mess up, I'm going to repent. In other words, I'm going to I'm going to ask forgiveness for him, but I'm also going to turn back and do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I don't want st- to sit here today and act like I've got it all figured out. I don't want to sit here like I never mess up. I mess up plenty. And when I mess up, I I try to do what the scripture says and repent. I'm seeking forgiveness of the Lord, but I'm also walking back to the Lord. Repentance is turning from a path, turning to Christ. It's not just stop doing what you're doing. It's that you're in a new pursuit of Christ. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, man, with this quiver wrench, as we start walking and he starts developing these things, next thing you know, you just start, he starts through different connections and relationships I mean random word of mouth Like man we are just He just lines lines things up He lines up resources And then he lines up people who need these resources And man we're just I think your prayer earlier was a that we'll just, A pipe or conduit a or clean something pipe, yeah. yeah clean pipe I mean that's all we are man Sometimes all, sometimes all we do literally is take the hand of one of our friends who says, any way I can help, let me know. And we put their hand in the hand of someone who says, I just need this. And that's all we do. We back out of there and let God work with, with those two other times. Hey, I need this and I need this and I need that. Well, let's see what we can do to help. And we provide, we meet a lot of those needs. We may not meet all of them, but we meet a lot of those needs, but Um, the mother's home is a, is a resource underneath the overall umbrella of the, um, quiver wrench. And it is, uh, brand new. It's a program. It's not a shelter. It's a program. So mothers will walk in there. A lot of, a lot of what happens to women when they get in some of these situations is they don't have any healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of our program is building healthy relationships with godly women So when they walk out of our program, whether it be a year or two years, they're not calling Bobby back as their first call when something gets tough. And no, they're calling a lady who came up and offered cooking classes. They're calling a lady who they went through the parenting classes with. They're calling a lady who they did the Bible studies with. They're calling one of the 10 women that they now have a relationship with. And so, um. We're not following a program. We're not following some type of stra- – we're just yeah, the, we're just trying to follow the lure, man. It's
1: not a format that's, that's uh, right. prepackaged or whatever. That's, right. that, that's uh, amazing. I, I think about the adoption aspect of it. I mean, you guys – I mean, there's a huge number. I think I saw that the one in Tuscaloosa is one of, what, three in the state? Yeah, so, that's right. So there's – it's not just what goes on in Tuscaloosa, but there's a that's lot right. of people that travel here. Yes,
0: a lot of people travel. I think the – I think the laws in Mississippi are a little different, yeah. And I, and I think I think Tuscaloosa allowed for I don't know if it was later term mm. or what, but basically, um,
1: stats showed that a large number of people drove from Mississippi as well. Yeah, it creates a pretty high number in this facility or this right place and, and, here, and,
0: and they will they will drive uh, long distances. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of move on to another part of the story. Sure. Um, I want to be sensitive to this because, I, I, again, the enemy here is not women. Of course. Okay. The enemy is Satan. That's right. Okay. There was a, a, a young lady who became pregnant. She was not evil. She was not um, bad. She was just young. Mm-hmm. And she knew she was in a situation where the pregnancy was unplanned and undesired. Okay. So she drives a long distance to the clinic here in Tuscaloosa. And um, her options given to her was not healthy for her and certainly not healthy for the baby. So a lot of what she was told was, you know, this will go away. But, you know, this is the option was was kind of put in her head before she drove over, before she drove over. So she drove over and uh, a line of miracles happened. As well, Uh, one miracle was they did not perform the abortion for different reasons, um, but they they would not do it. A second miracle was that uh, she was able to get guidance to one of the resources that we work with uh, at the facility. Okay. Miracle. Because usually, if my understanding, if they're not helping people, they're certainly not if they're not offering an abortion service or something like that, they're not looking for
1: other ways to help the The clinic itself, the clinic itself. So, yeah. so the clinic it, itself directed them to yeah. an, an, better resources. An
0: individual
1: basically at the place.
0: Yes. Which is a miracle.
1: Yeah. There's always people when I drive by, there's almost yeah. always people, I guess it's set up so that not to get off strike. Yeah. But um, that there is a, sort of a perimeter that protects the place and that there are people that not protesters, but people that I view as offering other options that can hold up signs and stuff like that. And sometimes they're saying, come talk to us. We may have other options. It wasn't that it It was was not that it was,
0: it was an individual from the actual facility. Okay. So, so yeah, they, they do a really, the facility does a really good job of trying to control outside noise. So, We'll come to your car with the radio in our pocket. We'll escort you inside so you don't hear any other voices. And then we'll get you inside. Of course, we don't escort you out back to your car. We let you do that after you've done whatever you did inside the facility. Yeah. You know, so anyways, she was directed by an individual to a resource, a pregnancy crisis resource. Um, The pregnancy crisis resource was actually closed that day, so we've already looked at two miracles one the the abortion wasn't done. the second miracle was that they were pointed that someone in the facility pointed mm. to the resource. Number three, the resource was closed that day, but they were training on one of their machines, so the doors were unlocked and so when she walked in, they were able to explain everything and the services to her, and they explained all of their options, and they're one of our partners. And uh, she said, I want that, the number of this that ministry right there. Uh, I was leading a team on a mission trip, got a phone call one evening, and uh, it was the mother. And she said, I want you to adopt my baby. And uh, we said, well, let me explain again who we are. We're not a child placing agency. We're a family. And we adopt your baby. It's going to be a baby in our family, and it'll be an adoption. It won't be a foster care. It won't be, you know. And she said, yep you adopt my baby. And, um, again, God just lined up detail after detail after detail. Um, the sweet couple drove over multiple hours, drove back, ended up signing their rights away before the birth. And, um, after the birth, uh, we took him home. And, uh, of course he turned one about a month ago. So, uh, You say, um, where do you get this passion? Hmm. When you see God talk for 10 years about something, and you have no clue what he's talking about, and then you just start walking by faith, being obedient to what he's called you to do, and then you see uh, uh, a baby that's now your son, that you get to raise and you get to love and you get to, to lead in the ways of the Lord. Uh, Why would you want to live for anything else? Why would you desire to chase after anything besides the ways of Jesus? I mean, man, we're blessed that we get to be a part of his great work. Um, that he can use anybody to do anything and he allows us to be a part of it. And, um, when you taste the greatness and the goodness of Jesus, you really taste the greatness and goodness of Jesus. There's, You don't want anything else.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful. And, you know, it's just the beginning, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> you kind of see That's that. That's right. And, and I don't know how it's going to evolve. I mean, there's over 3,000. And I guess that number will probably go down this year with the law that it's changing. And there's a lot still to shake out, I know, with that. That's right. But you were able to adopt, mm-hmm. but you can't adopt 3,000 No, that's a right, year. that's right. I don't know, how, how, do, how do you feel like God may be moving you guys as it relates to getting more of a solution, even more scalable than that?
0: Well, we're, we're seeing God use us in, in all kind of different ways. Um, I'm not saying, I, I don't know what God's going to do. Yeah, there you, you know? go, that's really the answer, uh, I mean, right. you know, there's a TV show out a few years ago where they're, you know, 20 kids, you know, and they got a stinking Coke machine in their house and all that. <laughs> and so I, I don't know that that's what the Lord's calling us to. may yeah. maybe if it is, that's fine. Or if it's just uh, one adoption, but what, regardless of, of whatever God may be calling us to, we're open to it. But maybe it is that we're a child placing an agency in another Four years or three years or two years. We really are not following a format or a program. We're following
1: God. What do you want us to do? That's what it looks like. You know, you've taken steps. It's like now we own this property. Right. Yeah. Now we have a child. Now we own another property. Uh, yeah. Now we have a a uh, uh, mother's home
0: program. That's right,
1: Pro- mother's That's program. Right. Yeah,
0: and we we've uh, God has blessed us with, like I said, resources and people. We have a, a part time uh, we have a part time director of the mother's home because he told us, you know, look, this is much bigger than you're being able to do. Uh, yourself, And so uh, we were blessed that God brought someone in our path. And now she is the mother's home director, kind of heading that up.
1: I think back, and, and I think he's a friend of yours, back in episode seven, Sam Marsnick. Uh, Sam mm-hmm. Marsnick is the, the guy that heads up baseball country. That's right. He gave me so many, I guess, situations where they just didn't have a financial answer to a, a problem. That's right. And, you know, I kind of questioned him on that. And he got his. Hey, Sam's a pretty even killed. You know, he doesn't right. talk with a lot of volatility or anything like that. He's um, kind of smooth and on. But he, he kind of got his voice up a little bit. And he referenced a book, I think it's by Sky Jathani, um, with. But he talked about, he's like, at some point, you just got to step out in faith. Because when you don't step out in faith, you rob God of opportunities to do the work in the world that He's wanting to do. It's not that you have all the answers. I I, I take it that you didn't lay out a five and ten year plan for Quiver Ranch and right. and, and had the you know the blueprints for this facility right. and that facility That's or right. whatever. Yeah. It didn't look like that. In fact you're like this this property doesn't really fit what we feel like we have in mind here That's or right. whatever. <laughs> it didn't fit. And then all That's of a sudden right. it's there. That's right. And I think that's true a lot of times. I think I like that you like God to confirm what he's asking you to do. I also know that God doesn't want us to have everything buttoned up before we step out of faith. Yeah, right? He doesn't want mm-hmm. the $4 million in place that's going to scale this thing that's up right. to what it's going to look like in eight years right. before you buy the property. That's right. That's right. It, it sounds irresponsible in the world's terms. That's right. But at some point it's like, Yes, God, I do trust you. That's right. And here's how I'm I'm just gonna follow you here.
0: That's right. Well let me be clear. When I say God, speak clear, I need to know his voice. Yeah. I need to know his direction. I don't necessarily need to know all the details of how he's gonna do it. Yeah. So once I know his voice, I, I need clarity on that. And I will say, probably there are times where God's probably been clear on some things, and I'm like, God, I just need one more. Yeah, know?
1: but how many times i got to ask you this. How many times have you had a deal in the last 10 years where God was, you felt maybe God was moving you, and it wasn't God? Well, there's been, there's been some times. Probably some, but know? here's the yeah. thing. Here's where I'm getting to on that. You'll become familiar with the voice of God when you spend time with God. That's right. If you're spending time with God on a daily basis, if you're in his word— That's right. If you're talking to him in prayer, and you know what he sounds like—
0: that's right.
1: I find that I don't need as many confirmations because I feel like I it, it, in the times when I know that I'm walking as closely with him as I have No, that's that's right. You're right. I, I just recognize him.
0: That's right. Well, and okay, so let's let's go this route too. We're we're, we're kind of bouncing back and forth just a little bit, but That's good. Again, people you ask a question, people are like, "Oh, maybe I'm not just I'm not getting it what's up." Like, okay, here's here's what scripture says. Walk by faith, not by sight. That's not a question. That's not a suggestion. That's a, that's a command. We are to walk by faith, not by sight. And then the other scripture that God has is, is, is really brought to my mind and wrestled with the past couple of years is it's impossible to please God without faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Number two, it's impossible to please God without faith. Now, let me ask you a question. How much does the average person walk by faith? Mm-hmm. OK, apart from the salvation, I'm placing my faith in Jesus experience. Where does the average Christian walk by faith at any at doing anything? You think about it. And I, I'm, not anti-insurance, I'm not anti insurance. Uh, I'm not anti savings savings accounts. I'm not anti anything. But we as Americans, we set everything up so we don't have to walk by faith. Yeah. We set up everything so that we don't have to walk by faith. Cover like,
1: ourselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's not that and it's not that those things are bad, but like when those things become what we're trusting in and what we're relying on and where we're really putting our faith, God's like, Well, there's no there's no need for me here.
1: You yeah, know? we you gotta wrestle need, with you, that. You
0: don't need me. And I'm like, Man, we have set up our culture to where God can't be pleased with our lives. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. You look at the whole reason that God created us was to be in a relationship with him, that we would be dependent on him. We kind of create as a culture, as Americans, like a system to where we don't depend on nobody. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, how did we get to the point, even as Christians, where walk well, by faith, not by sight. It's impossible to please God without faith. Like, we're not pleasing God. We're not walking by faith. Average Christian may go a whole year without doing anything on faith. I mean, and Satan's over there going, yeah, you're not depending on God. It's working. Distractions. Yeah, I always
1: ask myself when I get into situations like that, I always say to myself, either you believe in God or you don't. Either you believe that God is real or you don't. And if God is real and he is who he says he is, why are you worried That's right. About this. And for me, and I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but it always comes back to me. It's like when I don't step out in faith, I'm almost declaring a little hesitancy about whether God exists or not. And I know that sounds maybe that's a little extreme or whatever. uh, For me, but i feel like it's maybe that way in the culture because when he he does break into the world <laughs> and when a miracle does happen and and things happen that are not explainable people look around at each other like whoa it's almost like god is actually real mm. rather like than a surprise yeah and rather, rather than it being the norm rather sure. than having the faith in and faith isn't isn't believing in something that there's no evidence for in my mind faith is is being absolutely certain <laughs> that you can hand over your life to God—that's right. <laughs> because He's got you. It's not—you know—I'm not, you know, not going to do something stupid, go like uh, jump off a building or test God. That's, That's right. I mean, we don't. Jesus said, "Don't put right. your Lord your God to the test." But, but I tell you what—the most energized I've seen people of faith is when they have stepped out in faith and watched God work. That's right. And it's like, all right. Uh, It changes everything, and you know, and and you think about it. In our culture, you're right; it's built, and we're built to not need God. And the people that I see who get into this super intimate relationship with God, often not all of them, but often they come from the most desperate situations, and 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 that could be anything. That's right; it it could be financial straits. Uh, I, I go back to people who were just mired in addiction there's that's right. absolutely you that's talk right. to them there is no hope they can do nothing they're just going to die that's right a miserable death and they reach up knowing that they can do nothing and ask for him and he reaches down every time and right. pulls them out it's this desperate situation and and, and that's, that's that's right sickness death yeah, those th- are the these, times. These things
0: that are out of our con- out of our hands out of our control we really don't have another option. Like we really do not have. Well, now I'm now I'm really dependent on the Lord, and, and 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 I think God's going. Yes, finally.
1: Yeah, you're here, and we can do that. Yes, we can make that decision to be that dependent on God without the cancer diagnosis. That's right, and without the right. financial absolute bottoming out or addiction. No, it, that's right. It, I mean, he is available to us. We just got to get into the posture of I can't do any of it without you. Even if my net worth is seven figures that's right. right now, that's right. even if my right. family is in perfect health, that, I can't do it without yeah, you. That's if right. We get If we can get to that place right there. You stay there. That's right. And stay there and spend time with God and learn his voice or whatever. It's, there's just an abundance of peace um, and fulfillment in that place, no matter what Abs- the circumstances absolutely. are. And um, that's just a big deal. That's a big deal. And
0: It, it is. And, I, and I, <laughs> that's. That's where we're at as as a culture today. I gotta see it. I gotta be able to to understand how it all unfolds. I gotta be able to wrap my hands and my mind around it, and then like I gotta I gotta have some control over it. Mm-hmm. And God's like the opposite of all that. He's That's like, right. no, you're gonna you're not gonna know everything. I don't have to tell you everything. I'm God. And by the way, I sent Jesus, who is the Savior, and He's the Lord, and He's not just the Savior and Lord. He is to be your Savior and Lord. You know and we, we kind of convince ourselves that, man, if I really surrender to Jesus, I'm going to like have to move to Africa and I'm going to run <laughs> an elephant to school and I'm going to do that, you know, and and he's like, no, just follow me and watch me use you. And I guarantee you when you are used by God, there's nothing greater. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, CEO or you're. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like th- that stuff doesn't matter. You start looking at that workplace as your mission field. Mm-hmm. It's not your identity anymore. That's right. When you make Christ Lord and you start listening to him, he starts calling you to some things that you don't know how it's going to work out, but you start walking by faith. And now you do that enough. Your identity is Jesus. All right. I, who I am is a follower of Christ and nothing else matters. He's calling the shots. He's the king. I'm following him. And then you start realizing, oh, these places where I'm plugged in, it's my mission field. Mm-hmm. Oh, these resources he's given me, it's all for him. I'm supposed to be pointing people to him and using all this to get people to him and that rock and that relationship with him. And you start seeing things in a whole new light. Yep. And so you lay your head down at night, not going, man, I wish I have made that sale. But going, man, I, I honored God today because that that dude now knows about Jesus. Yeah,
1: you know. And when you begin to realize, and the light bulb clicks on, that life is eternal, mm. and you begin to play the eternal game. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the sale is like seems silly compared to th- that's right the way God is calling you into this work of His. That's and, right. Uh, so fulfilling. I mean, for real. I'm going to ask you one more question in a second about Quiver Ranch, but I got to know this first. What does your daily walk and interaction with God look like? Do you have a way you do it?
0: Well, it's it's different. You know, we have five kids, and so um, you know, one day is carrying or dropping off or picking. But um, throughout the day, I pray without ceasing. Uh, Whether it's in the car, praying, or in alone time with God, praying. I try to do a lot of worship. I try to get alone in a Quiet time, and my quiet time consists of worship, prayer. When I say quiet time, I'm like in a place where I'm not distracted. I'm intentionally going to meet and hear from God, and uh, I use a I use a plan and uh, I use a, a a model that journals, and so uh, I keep a journal and I, I walk through a chapter chapter a day. I know some people are like I'm going to read the Bible in a year, and they're reading six chapters a day and all that. Just man, the way my mind. And my my life processes, I like to chew on things, Mm -hmm. and so if I'm reading like six chapters, I'm like, man, this is too much to eat. You know, I'm I'm choking, and so I'm not I'm not I'm not really marinating on anything, and uh, I I kind of get that way sometimes when I read Proverbs. You're like, you read the first three verses, and you're like, oh, that's good. You know, let Mm -hmm. me let me grab this, and then you read the next three, and you're like, oh, that's another. So I'll journal. What I'll do is I'll read, you know, like I said, I'll be on a reading plan. And so yeah, right now I'm walking through Acts. So, I, you know, I read Acts, praying, God, speak to my heart today. Let me learn something more about you. Let me hear from you. Let me hear your voice. Just speak to me me today and let me let me hear you, God. Uh, and then I'll read the scriptures. And then usually God will highlight something in that chapter. He'll highlight something that for me is something I want to focus on that day, yesterday, Paul was, um, I was reading about Paul being, or maybe this morning, I can't remember. Paul's in Athens, right? And he's talking and they have all these gods and Paul's, they have a God to the unknown God Mm -hmm. and Paul's, he's kind of being sensitive and, and they were like, talk to us. And he's like, well, I mean, I want to talk to you about this God of the unknown God. And, uh, and he basically said, it's the God of the creator universe. You know, this is the God. And he said, and he created you so that you can know him. And he said, in him, we live and move and have our being. And that looks like. And so, therefore, I'm journaling on that scripture. Mm -hmm. Hey, Paul said that God created us to be in a relationship with him. That's the whole reason why God created us. He's teaching this to these scholars. You want to know about the real God It's a guy that created you to be in a relationship with him. And so as I'm reading that and I'm going and then it says in him, we live and move and have our being like Okay, look. Let my life and my being be all about you today, Jesus. Let my fulfillment of everything I do come from who I am in you. And then I I, I pray, and I may I may do a little more worship, and then the rest of the day I'm looking for an opportunity to live out that principle yeah. that God's laid on my heart.
1: That's good, you know. Yeah, I like to know what people do, uh, and you know, as far as reading the Bible goes, I, I think it was this way for me. I, I know the first time I read it completely, you know, cover to cover Genesis or Revelations. I was that way. I read as much as I could because I wanted to have read right. the whole Bible. That's right. And I think early on, first couple of times or whatever, you know, I get it. That's okay. And and as you begin to digest a little bit more instead of, you know, <laughs> gobbling right. it as fast as you can, you get to a place where you, you start to see the structure and message of what's going on and it becomes a lot more alive. And I think that's right. the more times I've read it, the smaller chunks I read at a time right. and, and you just meditate, dive in. And and sometimes it'll be a chapter. Sometimes it's less than a chapter. Sometimes I'll read a chapter and, and, and I'll go back and I'll like scooch it back. I go back, I'll back up a chapter and read That's that right. chapter like two or three That's times. Right. And, and so I think that comes with time. I think what's important though, is that, is that you are in a continuous, uh, connection with the author right. of life. And, that's right. And, and that's when you
0: and and, and and some type of uh strategic plan. Not necessarily um man, I'm I'm struggling with something. I'm just gonna throw my Bible open, you know, and then you end up in, you know, some crazy section and you know you're reading some crazy part in the middle of some crazy yeah. story and it says something like something, and, yeah. yeah and it said and he and and he said slaughter them all and you're like okay and, you know and you're, you know <laughs> what you people do that you know they they're like I'm praying about this and I'm just going to open up my bible and point and read um man I, I that's how God speaks he speaks to us the word but you have to be yeah. you have to be wise in that um and I and I have nothing wrong with anybody reading multiple chapters a day I I kind of read Different different ways, you know. Yeah. But during my quiet time, I try to focus on one chapter, and then maybe throughout the day, I'll may pick up and read more chunks of scripture. Um, another thing, man, I'm I'm again, I pray every day. God would fill me up with his Holy Spirit, and then, man, I'm trying my best to be open to the divine appointments that God has for me every day. Whether it's a service guy, the problem out at the house. Here's the thing that God has taught me over and over and over again, and you would think you wouldn't have to keep teaching me, but life's interruptions are some of God's greatest divine books. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to take off work, and I got to go home, and I yeah. got to be here for this, and I got to do this. I cannot believe this makes me so mad. They're not doing it right. <laughs> if they'd have done it right, my life wouldn't be impacted. And then you get there. And, it's
1: like pay attention here. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> if it wasn't
0: for this thing happen and you would have never had this conversation yep. or this
1: opportunity. Yep. You think, you, yeah, that's a big deal. That's a, that's a thing. Well, you know, the thing for, for me is, and, and there are some books that I've read that are just really good on helping us to um, see and know God intimately in a deeper and richer way, which are fantastic. And so Part of what I do is that I, I spend a lot of time consuming things that help me build my intimacy with God. But if you don't if you don't walk out that door and That's go right. and go love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, and love your neighbors yourself, if you're not looking to get in situations to say, What is love calling me to do here? How do I demonstrate or walk the path of greatest love in this situation? At this gas station, that's right, you know what I'm saying that's right. It's where the rubber meets the road and 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 to me, neither one trump the other. It's two parts right. of, it's the, all part of yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, so uh that's a big deal is to to making things actionable. It's like going to Sunday school and church on Sunday and then just resuming life without right you know yeah. it, it's it's
0: a, it's a it's a <clears throat> i used to I used to use the analogy of um a tackle box. You know, like the tackle box has all the compartments. You know, with the, yeah. you know, the clear lid. Well, here's my here's my hobbies, and here's my family, mm-hmm. and here's my here's my school or my work, and then here's this, and you got all these compartments in our lives. But the big compartment down there, you know, the biggest one is Jesus. Yeah. Right. And and most people are like, yeah, that's good. You got Jesus in the big one well, But the problem with that is that Jesus is not bleeding over into every aspect yeah. of your
1: life. He's a compartment.
0: So instead of Instead of a a tackle box, we need to see more like a sunshine and that Christ is the center of who we are. And then every ray, whether it be sports or family or hobbies or whatever, Jesus is—those things are impacted by the center of who we are in Christ, right? And so if I'm at the gas station, I realize, hey, God, God's lining up the people that I'm crossing paths with. You know, this guy could have—he could have stopped at any pump. Of the twenty nine pumps here, and he pulls up right next to me, or the gas station he, across the road, or the gas station down the road. And he pulls up right next to me at the time I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Just let me let me tell this man something uh, that will, that will help him be closer to Christ. Sprinkle a little sunshine yeah, on it. There him. you go. That's good. right. My encounter. Let him. Let him. God. Let him get a little bit closer to you somehow through this.
1: That's right. You know. That's good. Quiver Ranch how could people help how could people get involved i mean if if god is placing something on their heart uh, around preserving life and giving you right. yeah how well, can they do
0: well let me say this
1: number 1 is awareness
0: nobody still nobody knows about it yeah so just just kind of talking about it and letting people know that there is this issue in our town and there are resources to help.
1: And near and there, wherever you are listening yeah, yeah, to this. Yes, you know, for yes. For sure, it's all over.
0: Yes, there are resources to help. And so letting people know that, because Satan's strategy is get someone alone and then start putting lies in their head. And pregnancy is a huge deal for anybody. But you put someone who's in a, a, a certain situations, and man, it is blown even bigger. And then Satan just starts piling the lies on. And so... No one's here to help you. Your only choice is this. And so for mm-hmm. listeners to be able to spread that there are lots of resources in, 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 in whatever city they may be in, look for those resources and have them. And then share those with other people, your, your, your classes, your clubs. Hey, man, so that there's a buzz about resources going on for this crisis. Helping with Quiver Ranch, um, we have some different opportunities uh, with the Mother's Home Program, with Building relationships and serving, we have um, we have some different resources with different ministries and stuff. So, you got a website. We do QuiverWrench.com. dot com. Okay. Yep. And um, you can look at the website. Is there's not tons of details on locations and stuff, uh, purposely. Sure. You know. Absolutely. Um, with what the what you're dealing with. Yeah. This incident, right, you right. Get that for sure. And so you 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 say, well, man, where's this? Where's that? Um, it's it's not. There's not. A, that's not on the website purposely. But yeah, check out the website. Um, we, we pray too, man. This is a more people are killed through abortion worldwide than anything else. Absolutely. And nobody knows that either, yeah. you know? And so this is not like a, a Tuscaloosa or Alabama. This is a worldwide crisis, yeah. you know? And so, uh, man, it, if it's not Quiver Ranch, find some ministry close and, and plug in and try to help them because uh, they need your help, I guarantee it. Yeah. So QuiverRanch.com, prayer. And
1: they can connect with you there. Yes, the yes, yes. They can yes, fill out and all that yep, stuff. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, who knows how. I, I get things on our website that um, can be a variety of things and i i love that i love the engagement and and god may be putting something on yes, someone's heart that's right and and they don't know what to do and maybe just connecting with somebody like you you may not know either but together that's uh, right god can certainly move no that's right so that's a that's a way that you could maybe um act on god's prodding and pressure that he might be tugging at you on that on this particular issue for sure and you know i look at uh, a guy like you and um yeah, I, what I wanted to know was what is ha- what happened? What's going on on the inside of you that makes you live the way you do? I look at a guy now who has, for more than half his life, uh, laid his ambitions aside to go and do the work of God, knowing I don't know knowing, but beginning to see the fruit as he does this. That whatever he would have come up with, no matter how much money he would have made or kids he would have had or whatever else it is, would not compare to what it feels like to work, move, think, act, interact in God's purposes every day. And you can hear it in your voice. (laughs) You can see it in your eyes. And in your mannerisms, when somebody is enthusiastic about a thing, you can you can tell. And to to call you enthusiastic about uh, God's purposes and you playing a part in that, it's just pretty clear. And and I want people to know what that feels like.
0: Well, and i i want to I want to be clear. It ain't me, man. It's, it's, it's all my life. I can point back to. What me would look like? Yeah. You know, I, I you know, it's, it's I've got that. evidence of that. I, yeah, right. You know, and so someone's sitting there going, "Well, he's educated." Well, man, I was, I was LD, I was special ed classes for second grade through uh eighth grade, and now I have a PhD. Where'd that come from? Jesus, it ain't me, man. I'm telling you. And so the, I, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm talking to everybody. Yeah you don't have to get to a point and then say, okay, I'm abused by God. Like you don't have to get to a certain level of financial security or a certain level of education. No, the level you got to get to is just surrendered. Right. And I mess up. Look, I won't, I won't people understand. Oh, this guy, he just got it all together. No, I I mess up every single day, but the way that I respond hopefully is the way that Christ has called us to is, is to repent. You know, if we've messed up with a brother, Apologize, ask forgiveness, and then move on back on his plan, back to his voice, following him. And so I, I just want to encourage anybody, everybody, there's God will use you if you will draw near to him. Yeah. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And, and that's my encouragement. Don't think you got to be to a certain type of personality or a certain type of person or something. No. He just wants you the way you are. Come to him and then he'll do the work. And when he starts working on you, it won't be the most comfortable thing you've ever done. I mean, every day, God's still working on every single one of us. You don't reach the destination until you're standing in his presence. So we're all a work in progress and we get to be a part of his great work, right? We get to follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. So we're following him. And then he's allowing us to go fish for men. And if we're not following, we're not fishing. And if we're not fishing, we're not following. Right.
1: That's good stuff.
0: And so I just challenge and encourage everyone. Don't, don't think you got, I'm not sitting here as the expert. I'm just sitting here as a, as one who's traveled some roads and paths. Hopefully you don't have to go down.
1: What I see is a, is a 19 year old kid that made a decision to turn it over. And from that point on, has been riding an adventure of what it's like to turn it over. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. And it, 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 that, that was where you pivoted. You didn't pivot with a degree. You didn't pivot with anything that you did. You, your life pivoted when you said, I, I, I truly want to give it to you. That's right. And within a couple of weeks, he showed you what that looked like. That's right. And you are like, I got to have a lot more of that. That's right. <laughs> and and you so, you know, yada, that. right. yada, yada, 20-something years later, and here you are, and, and you're still turning it over to him. And that's that's all it is. That's it right. doesn't take. Uh, in in fact, lots of times it's a challenge to some of the learned uh, to to do those kinds of things because that's right. we do depend on our intellect or our finances or other things like that. But no, I see I see a nineteen year old that turned it over, and God said, "Come on, jump in." Amen. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's a beautiful thing. Well, Jerry Case. <laughs> Feels like we could do a part two and a part three and a part four because uh, having conversations about the spiritual life with you is uh, just a joy and a blessing for me. And same here, man. I get a chance to sit here wide eyed watching you. Communicate what God moving in your life looks like, and that's what we love to do. Yeah, yeah. And I sure hope it. I, I know it came through because we prayed about it long before. That's right. Um, we turned these mics on, and and we'll continue to pray for it afterwards. But man, I am so thankful for you. Yes. Sir. And we don't live far apart. I, I I don't know. I don't know where Quiver Ranch is. I may have to find out from you, come visit or whatever. <laughs> um But. Uh, uh, we we're in the same town, and I I, I want to spend some more time with you. This sounds is, awesome. I, I need I need more of that uh, rubbing off on me. So that's okay. good stuff. Hey, you're doing a great job, and you're doing Thank a you, great buddy. work, and you are you have given your life to obedience, and you can see it. You've given your life to waiting on God when you need to wait. You've given your life to moving and stepping out in faith when you need to step out, and you just you do what what we're called to do and it's not complicated. You spend time with him every day, you know his voice and you respond to it when he calls and we can all do that.
0: Uh, Absolutely. And when we mess up, repent, get it right, have forgiveness, own it and then Move on. Let's yeah, go. That's right. Because you know, that's part you. of it. That's that's yeah. His love is not based on the, what we do, but it's who we are. Right? He, he knows that stuff's that's coming. Right. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the one uh, telling you you rode your bike wrong necessarily. He's the one that's coming over there picking you that's up. That's right. Scruffing off your knee. That's right. Let's go, man. Awesome. That's good stuff, Jared. Yes, thanks sir. for coming. I hey, appreciate you having me. Hi, right, man. What a wonderful example of what it looks like to live a life obedient to God. Can you imagine? the ripple effect of the work of Quiver Ranch as children who would likely have been aborted are given life, rooted in faith. It shakes me to consider it. And as awesome as it is to see, Jared Case isn't special. He's just responded as faithfully as possible to God's calling. The fact is that God calls all of us to live in intimate obedience to Him. And people like Jared, who actually do this, all report the indescribable internal joy and fulfillment that comes from walking in faith in God rather than leaning on themselves. Can you imagine a world where all Christians walked with God in the obedience exhibited by the Case family? I can't imagine the fulfillment they feel when they witness the growth of children in faith. Who were about to be aborted, all because they obeyed God's calling. I don't know how many times we need to hear it before we take it seriously, but I hope this conversation moves you closer to a deeper walk in faith than you ever thought you'd have. May the obedience of the Case family be an example to us all. Thank you for joining us today on A Stronger Faith. To learn more about Quiver Ranch and their work to protect and prepare kids bound for abortion until God is ready to launch them out, please visit QuiverRanch.com. For more conversations like this one, to recommend a guest, to consider joining us in this work, or to contribute to this ministry, please visit AStrongerFaith.com. Until next time, we pray for peace and a stronger faith for you and those you love.